Welcome to Genesis 17. When Abram was 99 years old, Yahweh appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face. God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You will be the father of a multitude of nations. Your name will no more be called Abram, but your name will be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you. Kings will come out of you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God to you and your offspring after you. I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land where you are traveling, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. I will be their God. God said to Abraham, as for you, you will keep my covenant, you and your offspring, after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. It will be a token of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old will be circumcised among you, every male throughout your generations, he who is born in the house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring. He who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. My covenant will be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. The uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but her name will be Sarah. I will bless her, and moreover I will give you a son by her. Yes, I will bless her, and she will be a mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to him who is 100 years old? Will Sarah, who is 99 years old, give birth? Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son. You shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He will become the father of 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this set time next year. When he finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Abraham took Ishmael his son, all who were born in his house, and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the same day, as God had said to him. Abraham was 99 years old 
when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. In the same day, both Abraham and Ishmael, his son, were circumcised. All the men of his house, those born in the house, and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. It's an interesting chapter with lots of bits to it. In this chapter, God makes a covenant with Abram. And covenants in the Bible and in ancient history were always made with a, between a greater person and a lesser person. And the greater person was the one that made the covenant and the lesser person was the one who agreed to the terms. And in this, this is what we have here. Abraham is approached by God. God says, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what you're going to do. That is, be circumcised in agreement with the covenant and all your descendants. And Abraham agrees and he circumcises his whole family. And we remember um, from a previous chapter, Genesis 13, that there were 318 men of fighting age and probably younger men, you know, the boys as well. So there were a lot of people that were circumcised on this particular occasion. So they were all circumcised as a sign of the covenant. And every covenant has a sign. And you'll remember that earlier we read in Genesis 8 that God made a covenant with Noah and with all people to follow that he would never flood the world again. And the sign of that covenant was the rainbow, which we still see. And so covenants are always made from a greater person to a lesser person, and there's always a sign. And um, in the New Testament, we have a covenant, a new covenant, that's made between Christ and us. And of course, he gives us his body and his bloody, his, the blood and the body as signs. And we have, you know, we take wine or we take the cup, we take bread, and we remember uh, that through communion regularly in the life of our church. And that reminds us of a new covenant. It's a powerful, powerful thing that God has made a covenant with us and we are his people, we follow him, and yet it's God who's doing all the work and we just obey and we walk with him and be blameless. It's tremendously powerful and wonderful. There's another covenant, of course, in the Bible too, and it's the covenant of marriage. When you first think about marriage, you think, hmm, but that's between two people. That, there's no greater person and lesser person. The husband's not greater than the wife. They're equals. They're made equal before God's sight. They're made you know, both in the image of God. How can that be a covenant? Well, the truth is that's actually a covenant with God as well. It's God that makes the covenant with a man and a woman when they're married. So when a, a young man and a young woman come up and stand up the front of the church before the altar and they, they, they're actually making a covenant, but it's God's covenant that he's making with them and they're agreeing to the terms. And so when they make their vows to each other, it sounds a bit like they're making each other a promise. But the truth is, they're really saying to the Lord, saying to God, you know, I agree to this covenant of marriage. I agree to love my wife. I agree to love my husband as you have called us. And that's why at the end of the service, the minister will usually say, um, let what God has joined, man not separate. Because it's what God is putting together. It's God's work. And then, of course, the people agree to the terms and don't separate. At least that's what should happen. And um, 
it is possible for people to not agree to the terms of the covenant. And the Lord said to Abram, he said that if, if anyone didn't follow the terms of the covenant by accepting circumcision, they would be cut off. And that's very interesting too, because it's, it's, it's like saying, if you don't cut yourself in circumcision, you yourself will be cut off. So it's a play on words there, but I've often wondered, you know, and a lot of people over the years have wondered, what is this cutting off that happens? And um, as it turns out, it's not a, a physical cutting off right in that moment, you know, in the sense that if someone wasn't circumcised, they weren't immediately like excommunicated from the family of Israel. There were people that didn't circumcise themselves or their children, and they weren't immediately excluded from the nation of Israel. But I think it's a spiritual thing. You separate yourself from the grace of God. And this is what happens. This is what happened in the Garden of Eden, where God said, in the day that you sin, you will die. And when they did sin, they were separated from God. They physically weren't dead, but there was a death and a cutting off that took place right then. And I think that that's what happens what that I think that's what the Lord was referring to here when he said that if anyone didn't follow they would be cut off and I think it's just by not participating in the covenant you separate yourself from the grace of God and certainly that's true in the New Testament if we don't follow the Lord and put ourselves in Christ we're cut off in the sense that we've removed ourselves from the grace of God there's one other thing in this chapter that's interesting and in that God does give Abraham a new name and his wife a new name too. And all the way through the Bible, there's other examples like Jacob, Paul is, was called Saul. And um, of course, Simon is changed to Peter. These are the big examples. And every time someone's name is changed, it's a change of identity. And this is our position in Christ. When we become a Christian, we are now taking on a new name. We take on the name of Christ. We now become a Christian. We have a, the Bible says we're a new creation. So all these things, this chapter's got a lot in it. And so these are all the things we can learn from this chapter. We can learn about covenant. And we're reminded that we're in a new covenant with Christ. We're reminded that, that God changes the names of those who follow him and we're given a new name, the name of Christ, and we're a new creation. And uh, we also can, can contemplate marriage. The covenant of marriage is not something made between two people, but it's made between those people to God. And the covenant is to love one another. So these are all very, very interesting things. So Lord, I ask that you would help us to, to follow you Lord, I thank you that you've made a covenant with us. I thank you we have a new covenant in Christ, in the blood of Christ and in the giving of the body of Christ. And we thank you for it and we're in that. And Lord, I thank you you've given us a new name, the name of Christ. And so I pray right now that grace would be extended to all of us, that we would walk in that way and we would not miss the grace of the Lord. May we be strengthened in faith and grace and in the fear of the Lord today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.